This podcast is for informational purposes only and does not constitute legal, tax, investment, financial, or other advice. It is not intended to cause or induce breach of an existing agency agreement. Hello? 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 This is the Vancouver Weather State Podcast. Welcome to the Vancouver Real Estate Podcast, the premier destination for insightful and up-to-date discussions on one of Canada's most dynamic housing markets. That was actually not bad. Really? Hang on. Uh, I'm your host, host name, joined by industry experts, top realtors, and market analysts, bringing you the latest That's me. That's me. Valuable tips and expert opinions directly from the heart of Vancouver's real estate scene. This is a show on AI, and this intro was brought to you by chat GPT. And uh, I got to say, pretty impressive. It, it is actually not too bad. We I are feel like I'd, li- I'd, li- I'd listen to that show. <laughs> well, you did. Here, here's, a, here's a great episode on AI. We've got Andrew Armstrong. He's from therealview.ca. This is a fantastic conversation about Stratadox, AI, and also just where AI is going to take the real estate industry. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, this was a great conversation with Andrew What I loved about it was kind of an introduction into AI and its impacts on real estate. Their company's kind of an an interesting one, taking kind of that low-hanging fruit, the stuff real estate agents do day in, day out that you're like, man, this is the part of the job that, you know, experience matters. But a lot of this, I could uh, outsource this to a monkey. (laughs) (laughs) You're not doing much for the industry. No, no, no. This is literally though. You're, you're. Well, it's administrative if you're, tasks, yeah, almost. Admi- right? And reading Stratadocs for like, okay, you know, if you're, if you have twenty five different PDFs, and you're like, okay, I wanna, I wanna figure out, have there been leaks? Right. right. You scan twenty five different PDFs looking for leaks. Andrew's company does that in a second, and right. it doesn't cost a lot. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But let's let him explain the company. Before we get to that, Matt, we are coming up on the, well, beginning of December. uh, Beginning of December. End of of November, beginning of December. And and the 400th episode of the Vancouver Real Estate Podcast. And the 400th Christmas party I've been to in the last uh, week. Three on Saturday. Three on this coming Saturday. Three this coming Saturday. Are you not going to the one in, uh, there's the Oakwood one. No, uh, I unfortunately have other plans this year. It was great last year, though. Really? Real How banger. How many agents go to the Oakland Christmas party? Oakland, the Oakland party last year, I remember uh, when I arrived, it was so busy that there was a line to get in, and I scanned the line, and I knew almost no one in the line. Really? <laughs> Which was striking to me because uh, I know a lot of Oakland agents, I feel like. Wow. But inside, it was I was I was immersed. <laughs> I was immersed amongst good friends and good cheer at Oakland. Yeah. Okay. Um, wow. And then, of course, there's uh, well, yeah. There's a lot of there's a lot of parties going on this week, and I feel like this is now. Are we firmly planted into the kind of December fog in the market as well? Like, there's the market's soft, but in addition to that, people kind of check out in December. We're 
we're at the point, I said this to somebody yesterday, uh, every conversation I have is about, are you going away at Christmas? Right. There's no, it's, you know, usually it's how's the market. Now it's where are you going at Christmas? Oh, you're staying here. Tell me more. Oh, you're going there. Exciting. Yeah. Uh, it, we're, we're firmly in the, uh, holiday cheer section of the year. Right. Right. But you know what we have before that we have, uh, still, I think four episodes coming before the end of the year. Is that right? I'm going to, yeah, well, we should timestamp this, uh, November 30th, this episode will be going out. So one more month of content coming your way, some great interviews lined up and, uh, we're not going anywhere. No. And Matt, we should say before we get to our conversation with Andrew Armstrong, we are sponsored this week by Scalina Real Estate and another fantastic featured listing, Unit 103, 1540 East 4th Ave. This is in Grandview Woodlands, junior two bed with huge outdoor space, really fantastic outdoor space. Like we're talking 400 square feet. I was going to say, you're burying the lead. You want outdoor space near Commercial Drive? This is a a property you should check out. It's a block away from uh, the Drive Skate Shop. Is that right? The Drive Skate Shop? Yeah, right on uh, on 4th. Yeah, I've been uh, recently uh, hanging out there too. I bought my four-year-old a full setup for really reasonable, under a hundred bucks. But this is sponsored by Scalina Real Estate, not, not the drive skate, not shop. <laughs> <laughs> and, and just as we're talking here, Corey Wright has just entered into the room. Do you have a podcast today? I, I do. Yeah, we've got the legendary Bob <laughs> Knackle from New York City joining us today. Really? That's why it's a different day. I, I paraded it on your podcast. I thought you guys were just shooting around. And yeah. I walked right in the middle of recording. So, so I this apologize. Is, this is uh, the king of commercial this in New York. Of, the king of New York commercial we have today. Wow. Oh Man, what a ringing endorsement for the Vancouver Commercial Real Estate Podcast. It can be found on VancouverRealEstatePodcast.com. And so can that featured listing. We now have a featured listing section on VancouverRealEstatePodcast.com. We also have, of course, the sold plan. Head to VancouverRealEstatePodcast.com and hit sell with us. And Adam, what exactly is the sold plan? It's the most downloaded document to date at VancouverRealEstatePodcast.com. The sold plan is a step-by-step guide to get your home sold for top dollar in the shortest amount of time. It's it's really the easiest thing to understand. It's really, you start on launch date. So you pick the day you want to launch your listing and there's instructions that work about three weeks weeks back in prep to get it ready for market. So it's the most downloaded document of all time at VancouverRealEstatePodcast.com. It sure is. And lots of agents downloading it. And Corey, I think you've even downloaded it. Isn't it the only document to download off <laughs> VancouverRealEstatePodcast.com? God, Corey. There's a reason why we do these yeah. when Corey's not here. <laughs> Maybe we should cut to our talk with Andrew Armstrong from the RealView.ca. Uh, this is fantastic. Enjoy. This podcast is sponsored by Marcon, a local family-owned and managed real estate development and construction company that's been around for nearly four decades. Marcon is not only committed to high-quality construction, but it also is making a positive impact in the communities in which it builds all across the Lower Mainland. We want to highlight two incredible Marcon projects. Elmwood, a 38-story tower located at Berquitlam's most important intersection, Como Lake Avenue and Clark Road. This landmark tower will feature 335 condominiums, over 37,000 square feet of office and retail space, and almost 20,000 square feet of amenity space. Elmwood has been incredibly popular with 80% sold currently, but they still have a great selection of junior one-bedroom all the way to three-bedroom homes remaining. Check out markon.ca slash Elmwood for more. And Matt, we are also excited about Sone House, Markon's newest community in West Coquitlam. With 165 homes ranging from junior one beds to three beds, Sonehouse offers the perfect West Coast aesthetic with a more nuanced Nordic-inspired design. 
Register today at marcon.ca slash sonhaus. That's S-O-E-N-H-A-U-S. Or you can learn more at marcon.ca or follow them at Instagram at marconhomes. Marcon, building for life. Okay, so we're here with Andrew Armstrong from The Real View. How are you doing, Andrew? I'm well, thanks. How are you guys today? Yeah, very, very well. Thanks so much for taking the time, Andrew, and, and coming down to the studio. Maybe to start, can you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and a little bit about The Real View? Yeah, 100%. We are a strata document analysis business that is kind of new to BC here. We use AI backing and uh, to, to just kind of answer all the questions that your clients need to know about shopping or selling a condo unit. And then uh, we put it together in a nice report, gives you some nice marketing. How we got into it, uh, myself, I am a business graduate from the Western Ivy School of Business uh, from, I guess, 2010. And then my business partner is one of those kind of tech geniuses who barely made it through high school, but is brilliant in what he does now. So yeah, and it started with uh, basically his wife is a realtor. She's in the industry. And on their honeymoon, she was uh, kicking him out to review strata documents for a deal she was trying to close back home. And he's like, there's got to be a better way. So here we are. And you're from Ontario then? No, I'm from here. I just, okay. uh, the Ivy School of Business was basically top ranked in the country at the time. So yeah. that's where I decided to kind of shoot my shot. They let me in and yeah, it was a great experience. Nice. So maybe for our listeners that don't know much about AI and what's happening right now with AI, can you tell us, can you unpack it a bit? Yeah, that's a, that's that's a, a big, big question. question. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so what is AI? I guess it's really just, it's computers being able to answer questions much, much more independently than ever in the past. It used to be that, I mean, in all the, the computers that we use right now, we're putting information, you know, whether it's into an email or into an Excel spreadsheet or anything like that. And then we're giving it all the formulas to manually do the thing that we want it to do. And AI is basically the computer, you just have to type in your question and say, hey, this is all I, this is all the information that's in our spreadsheet or in our database or in my email. And this is what I want to have come out on the other end. And it fills in all the blanks for you in the middle. So that's, I guess, like the, the quick answer of what AI is. Yeah. And how, I guess this is uh, one of the questions we had when we were talking before you got here. Like, how different is it from searching on Google or how different is it from like, say, asking Siri a question or is it, are there a lot of similarities there? There are some similarities. I think the primary difference that I've found is that when you search on Google, you're going to get, I don't think anybody ever goes past the first page, but on the first page, you're going to get 15 results for the question that you've asked it. And that those results are going to be almost exclusively websites where somebody has spoken about the question that you're asking. So then you've got to go in and kind of review that information for yourself. You can go through a few different websites, take a look, get the opinions that work for you for whatever you're trying to accomplish. And then, you know, you make your own decisions. With AI, they are the, the computer is reading all those websites for you and then summarizing the response and bringing it back to you as an answer to your question. That doesn't necessarily reference those specific websites, but uses all the information that's on them to make its answer. And that's, I mean, that's the primary difference. It's, it's who's having to do the kind of manual mental load of kind of reading those websites, figuring out what they mean, interpreting how you asked your question, and then the answer that comes out, and the computer's doing that for you with AI. Not as much if you're obviously just searching Google. So, so everybody's been talking about AI now 
I mean, for a long time, but last six months, it's like exploded, right? How is it different than Siri or Alexa? Like, is that AI? I mean, that was probably one of the precursors. Definitely, you could do, um, it was the voice recognition that those ones were at. So you could just talk to Siri and say, hey, play, you know, Thunderstruck on my home, uh, home stereo. And it would do that. So it had some, again, some very specific instructions that you could give it. It could understand what you were talking about. The Apple one, you know, would you you could use through your watch and you could set it would attach to your calendar and that. But again, it was very much you are giving it very specific instructions and then it is doing what it's you know been asked to do by you. And again, it was also using search engine Google type stuff in the background. So if you say, hey, uh, Siri, you know, what's the weather in um, Paris today? Well, and it's going to go to the weather network of Paris and it's going to answer basically whatever it says on that website. Whereas, you know, if you were to go to an AI, which is a little bit different, you're going to be able to say, okay, hey, give me all the weather from Paris for the last, you know, six months, compare that to the last five years worth of data, and then, you know, let us know what trends there are in that. And it's going to be able to take all the information that it's picked up from, you know, five years worth of weather information in Paris and talk to you about it intelligently as if it had, you know, studied it, which is a little bit different. Siri wouldn't necessarily be able to do that unless a website had already done that for it and then right. it's just reading off that website. I'm just thinking about so it's it's dependent on the content that's been produced on on the web and there's all these people that are producing content that presumably want to show up on page 1. Do we see an a, an issue where potentially AI replaces searching on like web results or or do you think it, or how what's the interplay there between where we're going with AI versus where we are currently with Google searches and content creation. Yeah. Put another way, should we keep doing this podcast and putting it on the internet? Well, and there's a lot, <laughs> and there's a lot of small businesses that the, to the drive, drive, yeah, drive, drive traffic to, to their websites and, and generate business because of that, right? Yeah. And I don't think that's going away anytime soon. The reality is that AI is, is good at summarizing the information. So if you are saying, what does it take to be a good, um, like, where's, where's a good coffee shop location within Vancouver? It's going to be able to say, okay, well, you know, let's take a look at the maps. There's a low concentration of them right here with a relatively high concentration of, you know, industry that's coming up. Some buildings are coming in. The population is going to increase. Traffic's going to increase. So here's maybe a good spot for you to put your coffee shop. On the other hand, if you're out there being like, where do I go get coffee? You can't really ask ChatGPT that. Because A, it's, it's information at the moment is still old. The last information that's been uploaded or that uh, ChatGPT has access to is basically all of the internet up to September 2021. So anything since then is not in there. And then also it does do more of like a summary. So you're saying, hey, you know, I want to know a lot about or can you summarize this large amount of information for me? But if you're saying, hey, you know, uh, this is where I'm at, you know, the Google Maps is still going to be your way to go for coffee shops near me or anything like that. Or if you're searching for a specific industry, you might be able to use ChatGP to be like, hey, what makes for a good accountant? And then you're going to get a list of kind of things that if you're going to go and view, interview an accountant for your business, you're going to have the questions you want to ask. But in terms of like accountants near me or availability, you're still going to need to go back to those websites and like lead generating type activities for your business because yeah, ChatGPT at the current state is not referencing any kind of individual businesses unless you ask it a very specific question. And again, it's outdated information. So, do you think we're going to get to a place where the the content is is current in in like across the board? 
Oh, absolutely. That's yeah. it's it has to go that way, right? Because things are changing so quickly in in the world, whether it's you know politics or science or you know trends in interest rates and all those kinds of things. Like it needs to know that in order to be the most useful tool. But I mean, it's still developing. There's supposed to be a new release from OpenAI, which is the background company for ChatGPT, this week. And we're not even sure what it is they're going to announce yet, but it's going to be the next step towards being bigger, better AI with, you know, either it's going to be faster or it's going to be cheaper or it's going to have access to more recent information. But it's every two months we're getting another major announcement like this from these guys. And it's only a matter of time before they're basically real time. So you put your website up and then, you know, within a day or two, ChatGPT has kind of analyzed it and included it into its own uh, database. As children of the 80s, we, you know, AI was like in every, you know, sci-fi movie. It's like we've we've been talking about it for, for years. That's a night rider. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> a little red light back and forth. Uh, um, but this this is like, I feel like just in the last, call it a, a year, right? It's been, we've seen like just the floodgates open and and everything feels like that's every what's everybody's talking about. It's like the internet, when the internet arrived, right? Um, it's like a totally new shift. What what was like the catalyst for, for this, um, like where we are now, where it seems to be everybody trying to incorporated into every industry. Yeah, well, I think that ChatGPT is the one we've been talking about. Again, it's kind of run by OpenAI, and they were the one that basically launched in, it was either December of last year or January of this year, you know, right around there. And it was one where you could really just give it open-ended instructions, and it would do a really great job. And so that's the difference. Up to this point, it's kind of been a lot of, oh, that's kind of a janky answer we're getting. But right now, and you see this a lot in education, um, you know, you could give it, hey, I'm a grade 11 English student with kind of a B average. I need to get 700 words out on Romeo and Juliet. Can you write that for me? And 12 seconds later, you've got a B average uh, English 11 essay in front of you that you could copy and paste and hand over to your teacher. Don't do that. (laughs) But then we'd say, no, dumb it down a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) So, so just thinking about that on the education side, it seems like a no brainer for a lot of people that are trying to to get out of it, to get out of working uh, and actually producing con- their own essays, I guess I should say. Adam's asking earlier about, you know, okay, well, it's 2021 right now. Clearly that's going to be moved to present day information very soon, one would assume. You mentioned searching for an accountant. When does it become you actually don't need to search for an accountant? AI is, is, that AI the, whole- is the accountant. I think that... To a certain extent. So maybe I would, I'm going to back off the term accountant, but maybe like a bookkeeper in terms of like, I have done the books for the real view for the last few months as we've been incurring expenses and all that kind of stuff. And so I've been manually entering all of our receipts and plugging them into a certain amount. But then of course, we're going to have to go to an account to actually do our taxes. Same thing with any sort of industry. So in, in real estate, you're going to have a bunch of expenses that you tribute to listings and marketing and all that kind of stuff. And you've probably got a system in place where you're kind of doing a bunch of the work because it's expensive to hire third parties to do most of it. And AI will be able to kind of probably take over that aspect of it mm-hmm. quite soon. So where it's, you know, the things that don't really require the true expertise of a profession, that can probably be automated a lot more quickly, especially when it comes to just, you know, data. It's the the relationship side, the expertise, the logical problem solving kind of factor. Like the interpretation. Yeah, that's, I think, one that's where it, you know, there are a couple of possible outcomes and how you go about 
making that decision has impacts that are larger, larger than just like, oh, was the money in one account or another? It's, you know, how does that affect on your taxes? And, you know, are you looking to push income into next year legally, of course, but like, how do you juggle things? And the AI is not necessarily gonna be able to do any of that stuff for quite some time because it is personal preference. There are a lot of different ways that it could go about it. And so it's really difficult to explain to the AI all the different things that you're kind of going on in your head, even in the unconscious things and how you make your decisions. So it's great for taking apart the the little things that just, you know, it's got to go in. It is an expense. It gets categorized as an expense. So it just goes in as that. But then later, you know, are you splitting that up into, you know, meals and entertainment versus marketing versus whatever? And that's the stuff that's still going to need a like a human being. And mm-hmm. so uh, what I'm hearing is we're kind of we're creating a great assistant. We're not really creating an advisor. Is that safe to say? Or is, is it still an advice? Like, I guess my thinking is, is like we at some point, could I say to AI, you know, do my bookkeeping, but also give me the best tax planning advice to ensure that I'm, <laughs> you know, planning uh, for, for my whatever my cost structure for my business or this and that and then file. Yeah, we're, we're going to get there. We're going to get there. A hundred percent. Because especially yeah. when it's, you know, it's not a super dynamic thing for a lot of businesses, right? Like if it's just your corner store, you've got your inventory that you bring in, you sell it, you got your revenues, you got some rent and whatnot. It's going to be the same year after year. So soon enough, it's going to be a situation where you're just kind of scanning in your receipts and it knows what to do because you've given it a set of rules to work on. And then the next generation will probably be, hey, I'm a new business. I have no idea what I'm doing. Here are all my receipts. And it can ask you all the questions that you need to answer for it to be able to do a very, very good job of a small scale business complete from, you know, scanning your receipts all the way to filing your taxes. It's just a matter of people building in the access for that AI. So like at the moment, you know, if you're filing your taxes, you've got to log into your CRA to upload all that information and whatnot. So there's somebody needs to build a piece of software that connects AI to CRA, and then you've got to fill in your information in between. But after that, I mean, again, small business, kind of independent contractor, your books are not that tough. So it'll be able to do it soonish. What in your mind are, are some of the obstacles for uh, widespread adoption? Uh, the biggest one I think right now is confidence. Um, a lot of people are concerned that what they're getting is, you know, not going to be as good as what they're doing themselves. And in some instances, that's definitely still going to be the case. So again, I think we talked a little bit about, you know, where, where you've got kind of mundane, repetitive tasks, AI is perfect for that. But when it does come to kind of the more interpersonal side of things where you've really got to understand your clients or your business or your providers or anything like that, that really does still have a bit more of a, of a personal feel for it. So a lot of people who are in AI are trying to, you know, tout the, this is going to be perfect. It's going to solve all our problems. None of us, none of us are going to have to work anymore. It's going to be just you know, you log in and then you just deal with any sort of bugs that pop up. And I really think that that's not the case, but AI is not doing itself any favor, AI marketing by people saying, oh yeah, you know, it, it can do everything, but it, it can't yet. Um, and so that I think is the big obstacle for people kind of bringing it on everywhere. There just isn't quite the trust there yet. Mm-hmm. And uh, I do think that will come and definitely it will come in terms of where people can just save themselves some time for doing the things that don't require their expertise. You guys are a prime example. Like there's a bunch of things that you probably have to do on a day-to-day basis that is just, it's important and everybody needs to do it. And it's, you know, it's key for your clients, but it's probably something that, you know, you don't need 20 years in the industry to be able to figure out on your own. 
And so having the AI take over those tasks, you know, really will allow people to kind of be more confident in the software and the technology. And so they can start kind of bringing it into other aspects of their life as well. But yeah, trust is, is kind of key for sure. And I think it's just a matter of making sure that you, you put your trust where it can be 100% successful and not try and, you know, push that too far too soon. Mm-hmm. You know, one thing that strikes me about the real estate industry and, and especially doing this podcast is we've talked to, over the last, we've been doing this eight years or whatever, we've talked to a lot of people that are disrupting the real estate industry. And one thing that strikes me about the real estate industry, at least in the last decade, is we basically do things the same as we did in 2013, right? Like there's not a... There's qu- quite a few more forms. There's quite, yeah, yeah, quite a few more forms. That's right. Other than, other than that, though, it, it's... They're, it's relatively the same. I'm just curious for, I know it sounds like your business partner's wife's a realtor, so that was kind of the impetus, but why why real estate? Like from an AI perspective, you could have taken on, what What did you see in, in real estate that looked exciting from a business opportunity standpoint? Uh, consistency, honestly, because uh, in a lot of instances, most transactions revolve, you mentioned there's a lot more documents, but the documents are more or less the same. So there's going to be different clauses in your, you know, offers of purchase and sale. But in terms of like, you're only looking at kind of five or seven different types of documents for a strata purchase. You're looking at the, the bylaws, you're looking at the meeting minutes from the last couple of years, maybe the AGM, a depreciation report, an engineer's report, probably some insurance, some budgeting, but that's about it, like seven document types. And it's, common across all transactions like that. So it really makes it a bit easier for us to train the AI to be able to answer those questions at a very, very high level. When you're working with AI, you you really have to put a lot of work into what you're asking it and how you feed it the information that it's going to be using to answer your questions. And when you have a, a very kind of consistent data set type, like where you know uh, real estate is, it makes it much easier for you to to curate your prompts so that it's going to get you the right answer every time. Whereas if you're talking about a legal document, an employment contract, that can go in a million different directions. Whether it's shares or are there kind of moving allowances, and what you know is it remote versus hybrid versus in office? There's a million different variables that can go into those, and so it's much more complex data set, which makes it much more difficult to make sure that you're getting all the right information back from the AI mm-hmm. once you've asked your question. So that's where we really started with uh, with real estate. Obviously, there's the the family connection there, but it did it did seem that you know um, my partner's wife and her colleagues were reviewing kind of to get the same information out of these documents every time, and so for you know knowing that. You know, we just had to come up with the prompts to get the 80 odd questions that we're answering right now. And, you know, you only have to write those prompts once. You got to get them right. But once they're done, they're done. And they're going to be able to answer that question correctly every time. And stuff doesn't change that much, right? It's you're still buying a home. You're buying a condo. You're going to live in it. You need to know what, you know, the building's about, what the rules are. And, you know, if that's a fit for you. And so, you know, unless there's some major shift in housing and how we look at housing, then these questions are going to be the same for a long time. So that's where, you know, made it much easier to kind of break into it like that. So we read a, a few sets of documents every week and, um, and we have uh, uh, the same kind of themes we're looking at every time. So I, I, can, I can relate with what you're saying. My biggest concern, and maybe it's just how, how we are, uh, liability and like my concern is something gets missed 
missed that is like a culture thing or something that's like seems like in the building that we should be thinking about or discussing? How do you go from this moment where we are in AI where there's we're still trust building and and how do you take away concern about liability? Yeah, so currently there's still always going to be the liability on the service provider. That's the way it is. Uh, we do think that soon enough there's going to be enough software like this and it's going to be good enough that the liability will likely end up being on service providers if they don't use AI to review because in a lot of instances already, you know, the people we've been chatting with while we were setting this up, we ran reports on their homes and they're like, oh, no, you got this wrong and you got that wrong. And it turns out that, well, actually we were, we were right and they didn't know about the building that they actually lived in as well as they thought they did. And so we caught a bunch of those things, which was hilarious for us. Uh, and it's one of those things where it could come up kind of down the road where it's like, ah, you kind of need to have done this because if you missed something, then that this would have caught, that's where you might kind of find yourself in trouble. But at the current state, you're really kind of looking at this is not replacing the expertise. And again, I, I think I mentioned that earlier. AI is not taking away the need for an expert to be your representative in these transactions. AI is taking away the need for an expert to do work that does not require their expertise. Mm -hmm. So we're not going into this saying, hey, we're going to tell you everything you possibly need to know about this building. What we are doing is we're saying, there's kind of 80 questions that we've got that um, from our interviews, every client wants to know. And we've gone as broad and as deep as we can on this to answer every possible question. But where it comes to your individual clients, you still need to be able to know, okay, hey, listen, there's, there's something particular about them that is quite unique, or there's something particular about this building that is quite unique, that I'm going to need to put my expert eyes on because uh, that's where, you know, there could be a gotcha. There isn't really a gotcha in, you know, well, what's the pet policy or is there bicycle storage or what's the elevator maintenance schedule? You need to know it. But as long as you're getting the answer to that, it doesn't require some, uh, a, you know, a brilliant mind to kind of pull it all together for mm -hmm. you. So that's where AI can kind of um, really step in and, and solve that. So, so just to be clear, uh, for anybody, so the, the, the real view, the, the business, what it does right now is it offers a service in which you can upload all the strata documents to your server system website, yeah. website. And then you have a series of 80 questions that are the standard kind of what everyone wants to know about a building, B building, C building. And it produces a report at the end. So it basically reads all the strata documents for for both the potential buyer and and the real estate agent. Yep. Um, and depending on what your client, like which part of the transaction your client's in, it can be kind of represented in a couple different ways. So as a buyer, you obviously want to know everything um, about a building before you're going to make a purchase. Uh, but as a, if you're selling, you do still want to have interest generated in your, your unit. And that's where there's the marketing aspect that comes through for it as well. So, um, for your, you know, your selling customers, um, there's the ability to, to put down, uh, like a summary of the building. So it's going to be in paragraph form. It's going to be a page, two pages max based on how many documents you've uploaded. And you can hand that kind of out at your open house and it turns into a, Hey, you know, there's a lot more going on behind the scenes on this building hit me up if you're interested in seeing the full report. And anybody who's kind of walking through a building, they probably walk through a bunch of them as they're starting their, their purchase journey. This is a really great takeaway for them in terms of it has a lot of the information. It allows them to kind of wrap their head around this building in general. And uh, so it, it can generate more interest in your building. 
And again, with the way we've got it set up, if you guys are the ones running the report, whether it's to send to your buyers or to hand out at an open house, it's got your information all over it too. So the idea is as much for it to be a lead generation for you, people are going to be reaching out, hey, give me that extra, you know, the detail report. Now you've got contact information from, you know, kind of motivated buyers. Uh, and it's a takeaway. So, you know, if you're you're selling, sorry, your buying clients are, you know, getting advice from friends and family, like I definitely was when I was making my first purchase. Now, again, your information is all the way out there as well. So you were talking earlier about like, hey, is there a concern with AI causing it to not, like us not need websites? Should we be making content anymore? This is a way that it can actually drive additional people looking at your contact information, your expertise, and, uh, you know, coming to you directly as a result. So, And so this does, just just so I'm clear, and uh, this was a couple of weeks back, Andrew, when we first spoke, but it's meeting minutes, it's annual general meetings, special general meetings. I don't think you were doing depreciation reports. Has that changed? Or is it all the documents or is it just specific documents at this point? So it's specific documents at this point, but I'm not sure exactly when this is going to air, but the depreciation report is like imminent. Um, We expect that the kind of open AI information kind of press conference today is going to make a big difference on that. But for the most part, we were pretty much ready to go. We're still curating the prompts that we give the AI because again, we're not prepared to release something until we're confident that it's going to be giving you the answers you need. Yeah. So, I mean, this year. But, but, and in, as I understand, an agent can actually put in ad prompts as well. Right? Oh, 100%. Like yeah. I, whatever the prompt would be. Yeah. And if you've you get got those a client who's, who's hyper specific about, you know, one thing that the example I use is if they're a big, you know, plant person and they need to know if they're allowed to have like an abundance of foliage on their or balcony. That's probably, we're not asking that because it's just not something that people have asked us before. But if you know that when you're generating a report, you type in any question you want in free form and um, that will show up on the report as answered by the AI as well. So, yeah. Are you storing the docs? Like, so in the future, maybe there'll be something on the site that says this building as recent as this date that we can pay to get access to the docs that you have on file? Uh, again, that's coming. So there's two different ways I can answer that. First off, when you generate a report and you pass that off, the web link off to your clients, uh, there's a link on the left-hand side that says, hey, these are all the documents that were used to generate this report. And so that's another way of making sure that you guys have sent those documents over to your clients for review and they'll be there available for download for as long as we're in business because the server will still be up. Uh, in the new year, we are looking at a strata document database. So at any point, a realtor who's paying to subscribe, and we're kind of pointing this at being more of a brokerage level subscription, um, they would have everybody under that umbrella would have access to every document we've ever reviewed. Uh, and so that you could take a look and you want to go to, uh, you know, 1199 Homer Street and you'll say, hey, listen, these are all the documents we've ever received on that. So you can take a look. And if somebody ran that report yesterday because they did a listing, the only thing you're going to need is anything that's unit specific to your listing. All the meeting minutes are going to be there, the depreciation report, the AGM, that kind of stuff. So there will be access to that. Um, we just need to kind of build that database. And up. with a subscription, you literally can access. So if you're, if you're have a potential client looking at three different buildings, like oh, I can look at all three of these buildings documents, uh, not 100%. the form B or something specific to the unit, but the building documents. Exactly. And that's we, we've been talking about that for a while too, in terms of, until you're actually wanting to put in an offer, you don't necessarily need the most up-to-date thing, right? So if somebody ran a report last month, you can run that kind of last month's data for your client and say, here's building A, B, and C, take a look. And when it comes time that they're like, hey, 
this is the one we want to go for, that's when you're kind of grabbing the latest data and making sure that you are 100% up to date. But it's a great way for them to kind of have uh, apples to apples comparison on a couple of buildings that they're looking at. And you can get it done in, in 10 minutes, you know, and it's, it's web-based. So you could be on a flight over to Toronto and still get it done for them at two o'clock in the morning. There's no need for, you know, sending an email to somebody waiting for it to come back, any sort of kind of back and forth that comes with that. Um, yeah, the database would be 24-7. Hey, everyone. Pardon the interruption. We just want to take a quick minute to thank the following sponsors who make this show possible. We want to take a minute to tell you about Holy House a nonprofit organization that provides community building programs and tenant support services to low-income seniors, veterans, families, and vulnerable residents in the downtown east side and across the lower mainland. Melissa from our team has been volunteering at Holy House. Melissa, what's been your experience? Honestly, it's been so fulfilling just to spend a few hours a week in the community and watch how the staff really transforms these vulnerable communities from the inside out, starting with just small things, right? playing games, drinking coffee, having some simple conversations that you wouldn't necessarily think are super fulfilling. And you come out just feeling like you've really made an impact and connected with the community. And you've been to multiple buildings, but you're playing games, drinking coffee. Yeah. You know, serving food sometimes. And you made some friends along the way. I've made some friends along the way. It's really helped me be more present, actually, in those moments of just you know, realizing how simple life can be to make an impact, right? Fantastic. And if you want to learn more, you can definitely check out Jenny Conkin, co-founder of Holy House, who is a past guest fan favorite on the show, or head over to holyhouse.ca where you can donate or volunteer. And they're looking for both donations and they definitely like volunteers. That's holyhouse.ca. Vancouver needs your help. Be part of the solution. We are also sponsored by Oakland Realty. This is our real estate brokerage, best brokerage in the city, hands down. If you are in the industry, a new agent, an aspiring agent, somebody just looking to make a change, new culture, new energy, new resources, head over to oakland.com slash join, type in VRP 2020. That's oakland.com slash join, type in VRP 2020. Not only do you get to meet Michael Morgan and the gang, the big wigs over at Oakland, you get a huge incentive for first going to oakland.com slash join typing in VRP 2020. So I got a couple of questions. So you're not actually getting, so when you, you would not be getting the, the physical documents, you'd just be getting the report that has reviewed the document. No, and the link no, to the documents. Have you had any resistance from property management companies? <laughs> we haven't asked their opinion. <laughs> yeah. And and I'm just thinking like these, they're, they're right now, and it's just the last, call it 18 months, 24 months, the prices for strata documents for agents has gone up dramatically. Well, and I was talking to Andrew about this. Like literally they have you over a barrel where it's like Monday, it costs $200. If you need them by Friday, it's $500. You're like, wait, what? How did that, you know, it's it's the, what the kind of mafia-like uh, <laughs> release of documents. Yeah, that was, I mean, a conversation that we had with a number of the realtors that we were working with while developing this, right? We're, we're trying to make something that just makes your guys' life easier, faster, smoother, in this case, cheaper. And it came up where I was, I was chatting with somebody from a brokerage who's, you know, a family friend of mine. And she's like, oh man, I just had to spend 400 bucks on what ended up being a three-page document, but it was bundled with a 397-page document. And so she had to pay for 400 pages and it ended up costing her $400 because mm-hmm. she needed it imminently for a deal she was trying to close. And, you know, she was just kind of 
chatting about this as we were kind of getting ready to go and have a you know a more in-depth discussion about something else entirely. And I'm like, well, we can solve that for you because the do- we already have them. They're already in our yeah. database. We have to keep them because one of the next features we're coming out with is AI chat. So if after the fact you forgot to ask a question and you're like, oh man, my client really needs to know about that. You just go in there and type the question in afterwards and you get a live answer against just your document. So we need to have them anyways. All we need to do is create an interface so you can download them. And this, so so I think this, anyone in the industry is going to be really excited about that subscription service. I feel like that's like a, a no-brainer, depending on how much it costs, I guess, but it, it seems really exciting. It's going to be really not like super cheap. Yeah. And, and then you're going to say expensive. <laughs> no, 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 no. The hard part's already done, honestly. The, yeah. the understanding and the interpretation of the documents, that's all the computing power, all the brains that go into doing the work. After right. that, it's just like... And you're literally building the database from realtors uploading the documents. Like it's... It's win-win. In the end, we would hope that no matter how much you end up spending on our services, if you've got like, you know, 50 units a month that you're looking at, you're still going to end up with more money in your pocket at the end of the month because of the money you're saving somewhere else. So our business with you ends up being a net gain to you. Yeah. In terms of time I, and I, money. I Just one question about the, the chatbot yep. kind of component. Because one thing that's really exciting about ChatGPT is you can, and we talked about this earlier, but we've been messing around a little bit with it, but you can ask a question and then refine your question and get a refined answer over and over again. Yep. Um, is that is that a component? Like, can you, so hypothetically, oh, I forgot to ask, you know, something about like barbecue on the balcony type, some silly question. But are you able to refine that question or dig deeper? Is it is it kind of like ChatGPT that way? Or is it a single question where it will review those documents and get an answer? Uh, so it's a single question, but you can refine your question over and over again, and it will re-review. So if you're like, um, I need to know about barbecues on the balcony, it'll give you some answers based on barbecues. But you're like, oh, actually, what I needed to know was, is there a limitation on the fuel type? So does it have to be propane or can it be charcoal? And then you put that in there and then it'll answer that question. And then you'll say, does the smoke from charcoal, is that something that could cause you to be considered a nuisance to the units above you? Is there any kind of reference to that in the documents? And it'll be like, there's no reference to that in the document. So you can refine your question uh, and you'll get different answers based on what it is that you're asking. Yeah. So I, I mean, I don't, I'm, kind of thinking out loud here and I don't know how to frame the question really but my my thinking is that there are strata owners that are going to be concerned that their building will be stigmatized or potentially there'll be something that's going on or talked about in their documents that will be flagged in a report and I think about this in my own experience of like say hosting an open where somebody comes through and and they say you know, they have a few questions like, has the building been rain screened? And if, if the answer is not perfect, like, oh, partially or this or that, they rule it out in their head really quickly, right? And they move on to the next next product or property. There's some, like, there's a bit of, um, you know, gray area, I think, in interpretation and selling. Like, there's a lot of great and context and providing context. And context. There's a lot of great buildings, say, that don't, would not have a great report or a perfect report, Right. Is there a risk in how in how simple this mechanism becomes? And and do you see stratas having potential issues if they've talked about things? Or I mean, is this the end of the proactive strata? Like I don't want to get that report. <laughs> I don't want to put that language in the document, maybe. 
I think that I would I would turn that question back on you. If you were representing somebody who was looking to buy, would you want to know about those things or not? I would, but I but I would also want to know the full context. And I think that's what gets at least and I'm I'm sure AI can figure this out. And this is kind of why I'm 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 just thinking through the process. I would like the buyer to know everything that's going on in the building, but I would also not want them to be scared. Like depreciation reports are terrifying when you read them. 100%. But, but and, and that they're two, meant to... Two, two a depreciation reports are terrifying because the numbers are very large, right? And the first time you see one, you're like, oh my God. Yeah, and they're forecasting tools is what they are. So, I mean, a lot of the co- coaching that we do on the buy side is like, look, this is a depreciation report. The, the point is to forecast. It's not the word of God. It's not what the strat is going to do. But it's part of understanding where the building is and preparing to make sure that the building is financially sound in the future, right? So I guess there's like, I guess that it's, it's, I'm not sure exactly what well, I'm Well, I think, well, just two, two thoughts on what you're saying. One is I think, and I'll put words in your, your mouth, Andrew, that doesn't take away, this uh, service doesn't take away your role in explaining and contextualizing and advising, right? But at the same time, I'm just thinking if you're providing that documentation at an open house and somebody sees uh, something that, yeah, I just, it's it's almost more down to the individual. I can think a lot of, there's a lot of buyers that want to talk themselves out of making million dollar purchases or multi-million dollar purchases. And this <laughs> or is or like, hundreds hey, of thousands here's, of dollars of purchases. Here's, a, here's a, a snapshot that has some, maybe potentially some scary language here. Yeah. So there's a couple of different answers on that. And again, I think... This is where the the relationship aspect of being a realtor comes back into play. You've seen this. You guys have the confidence and the knowledge to be like, this is what's showing up. This is, you know, why it's not something that's going to be an imminent concern for you. Uh, and we've got a couple of features coming down that are really going to help with that. So first off, one's already in play is the context. So when we get that's an answer smart. to a question, there's a link right there on the report. You just say, hey, you know, like unfold this and so you can get more information. But it takes you right to the part of the document that it used to answer the question. So the pet policy is an easy one. It says, hey, you know, what's the pet policy? One cat, one dog, and some, you know, an aquarium or something. <laughs> it's going to pull that up there. And so if you want to kind of unpack it, that clause from the um, bylaws is right there for you to read. And so you can kind of go and see if, hey, there's anything kind of surrounding that that, you know, impacts. Uh, the next part is that it's, well, we're uh, adding a feature to be able to add notes. And so where you've, put in a report there, the first thing that you see when you've generated is the realtor screen. And you're going to be able to add notes to anything that we've kind of produced for you. So you're going to be able to say, hey, I know this looks scary, but what this actually means is yada, yada, because we've given you the correct answer. But for somebody who doesn't know what it is they're talking about, how to interpret it, exactly that it could be scary, even though it doesn't necessarily need to be. So it allows you to kind of put your own two cents in there, add your own personality and your expertise to the report, which again, adds value to it again for, you know, your clients. Uh, and then, yeah, like I said, the realtor view really does allow you to kind of curate that report. So there's certain things that your clients may definitely want to know or not want to know. And you can kind of just say, hey, listen, you know, they're they're 90, they're downsizing. They don't, they're not concerned about bicycle storage. Right. So let's just remove those questions and answers from it. So it's not clutter. Have you considered, and I, this is again, just thinking out loud, once you develop a database for, you know, where you have basically every condo downtown, hypothetically, yep. in your database, one thing that strikes me as potentially useful is drawing on that larger context and being able to query that. Like somebody might be like, okay, this is a 90s building. Is this, 
how does this depreciation report read versus other 90s buildings like downtown? Ranking buildings against each other? Yeah, or, or even being like, okay, yeah, like what, this is a, the cost coming up at X building on Canby Street. How does that relate to the rest of the buildings downtown? I wonder if there's something yeah. there that, I mean, and that's kind of potentially down the line. I was just wondering if you thought about anything like that. Yeah, we definitely already started discussing that in terms of where you get kind of uh, locally specific and talking myself out of a job here. <laughs> well, but I, I'm going to say we're probably not going to be ranking buildings. We're going to get sued for a definition right. or something. But in terms of, you know, what's the square footage of the lot? How old is the building? How old is the roof in particular? What are we seeing in other buildings in that area as price per square foot to replace a roof? Right. And the depreciation cost or the depreciation report says, yeah, and that's okay. These things kind of match up. And so right. we'll be able to say, hey, listen, based on our experience, having reviewed a depreciation report of every building in downtown Vancouver, yeah, these this, these numbers are in line. Right. Because, uh, yeah, and I, I less about ranking and more about providing a larger context where you can you can see what, oh, this is reasonable for a building from yeah. 1998. Yeah. When, I w- when I was thinking ranking, I, I, I remember, I can't remember the inspector, but there used to be an inspector that would always go, this is a solid seven out of 10. And I was just thinking, <laughs> I always used to think like, like, you know, like, but usually it would be when, when, you know, people would be like, kind of scared about a house or whatever. And he'd be like, trust me, like in the, like during my inspections, he'd almost give a grade to the building at the end or to the unit or the, or the house at the end. That was kind of my more yeah. my thinking. Like, and we often talk about like developers buildings, like certain level of finish. It's like, okay, well, this is silver, gold, bronze, uh, you know, or, or this is like, this is like their Ikea condo version for investors, right? Um, yeah, and depending so on where it is too, right? So, I mean, the downtown building is probably going to come with a higher level of finishes versus uh, a townhouse complex that's, you know, halfway through the Fraser Valley or something, right? It's going right. to be a very different customer base. So you put different finishings in it, you need to get to a different price point. So I'm just thinking, in, I mean, we've kind of unpacked what the real view is doing in it, and I think it's really exciting. Stratadocs do seem like a very kind of the obvious starting point. Is there other low-hanging fruit for AI in in the real estate industry? Like what's, what are the like, man, this is, you know, I'm thinking like one thing I get just to put this in context is there's a website that uh, I signed up for my own house, which is a single family house, which makes it a little bit trickier, but they send me every month or two, hey, you know, your value's been updated and they're, and it's way off every time. It's like frustrating to look at. But and for context, Matt thinks this house is worth yeah, way more than I'm that is. guy. <laughs> I'm that guy. I mean, I'm trying to explain to the website how special my house is, but I presumably in condos, that's a little bit easier. But like, are, are there other areas where you're like, man, Stratadox is the first. Here's the four other areas that are pretty exciting for AI in, in real estate. Uh, yeah, so we'll keep it specific to real estate because I do um, have some ideas of where we're going to take this next in completely different industries just on my previous work experience. But yeah, I think that in uh, like my mother was a prime example. She's like, what I really want to know is what this looks like compared to the place next door and the place next door. And I'm like, there's there's a lot of opportunity for that. I don't know that it's something that would be put together by us in particular. I do think that like MLS has a lot of opportunity to kind of integrate AI and we're happy to do business with if you like. <laughs> um, but in, you guys, you have all the data with all this stuff. It's a matter of getting some AI attached to it that can really pull things together for you if a kind of advisory role as opposed to just here's the data for you to kind of go. Uh, and I do think that there's 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 opportunity in every industry and every business 
but yeah, real estate in terms of, you know, doing your comps, doing kind of comparing your local area to, you know, citywide or province-wide trends, how interest rates are kind of impacting everybody one way or another. There's an opportunity for it to kind of pull information from a few different sources and compare it with like the the database, like the database for for real estate is through MLS. And that's, uh, there's a lot of opportunity if, you know, we're attached to that database to do a lot of incredible things for you mm-hmm. guys. Mm-hmm. Well, it sounds, it sounds incredible, Andrew, and, and we're really excited about it. If you do have time, though, we do have this segment called the Five Wire, Five Lighthearted Questions that we end every show okay. with. Uh, can you stick around for that? Of course. The Five Wire is brought to you by Scalina Real Estate. Hey, that sounds familiar. Scalina Real Estate is a full-service real estate company serving Vancouver, offering comprehensive, tried and tested buyer and seller systems. With over a decade in the top 10% of realtors in the Lower Mainland and a perfect five-star Google review, Scalina Real Estate can help with all your real estate needs. We also have an extensive network of the best industry professionals and trades right across the country. There's no reason to not get in touch. Head over to scalinarealestate.com to find out more. So we haven't actually put these questions to AI yet, but... uh, No, actually, uh, we could have probably (laughs) optimized these questions. Yeah, exactly. So question number one is, what is one book that you've read recently that you'd recommend? Honestly, I went back recently and kind of read a few different kind of high school level books. So I went back and I read The Catcher in the Rye and uh, Animal Farm and um, 1984, uh, 1984, but uh, Brave New World was another one. Which was your favorite of those in a reread where you're like, oh man, this didn't hold up. They all hold up. And that's why I think they're still in high schools. But um, I do think that Brave New World was a really interesting one again, because it does seem that like we're getting into some automation and some kind of, you know, robotics and things are just happening in the world right now where like there's a little bit of dehumanization. And I do think that AI has the ability to kind of take over some of the things that keep us separate so we can go back to being relationships and whatnot. And I think Brave New World gives us a little good uh, way of seeing something that we could avoid. That's a- interesting. My my impression would be holding Caulfield would be more annoying now than he, he was. I, I mean, first. he'd have an Instagram. He'd be an influencer of some sort, like a yeah. He'd be a goddamn phony, is what he'd be. But he wouldn't be breaking into his sister's apartment. He'd get her to Venmo him. So, in the last few years, uh, this will be especially interesting uh, potentially for you. In the last few years, what new belief, behavior, or habit has most improved your life? I'm not sure which category that would fall into, but I, what I've changed recently is recognizing that everybody's in their own space and how they're interacting with you is not necessarily because of you. You got to kind of respect that everybody's dealing with something. And uh, especially having, you know, I've been on the phone with thousands of realtors recently. Yeah. Like some people are just like, you know, I'm not interested in being on this phone right now. And they're like straining to maintain professionalism, whatever's going on in their life. And a lot of people would take that to heart, you know, like that's, yeah. oh God, I've just ruined somebody's day. I'm a bad person. And it's like, listen, they're having a bad day. It's not your fault. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. If you get the opportunity to kind of lift somebody up a little bit, that's amazing. But, you know, you just, you got to recognize that everybody's living in their own kind of world and you got to respect that sometimes they're going through some stuff. And if you can help, you can. And if you can't, well, you know, don't make it worse, but it's not your fault. You would think that realtors would be the nicest to the people yeah. cold calling them, <laughs> but it's actually, uh, you not, get a few. Yeah. 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 And the problem with being, uh, you know, listed on the internet with your name and your email address and your phone it, number is that so, you're a prime target. Well, yeah. It's, it's overwhelming. so overwhelming now. That's, I think what is probably what 
the context for that is, right? Honestly, yeah, actually, was... Andrew, when you called me, I was probably on the cusp of telling you to get lost until I realized you're actually a person in Vancouver calling me yeah. about something that was irrelevant. I was like, oh, oh, actually, this is... Well, get one of those um, uh, call kind of control things where it's like, hey, if you're a real person, push number six to get through. Right. That's going to eliminate a lot. I did that too, because again, we're trying to be known. And so like the bots have started scraping my information. I'm getting, I used to be getting like 10, 12 calls a day from like, you know, somebody pretending to be CRA or whatever it is. And those all stop when you put a call control in. And it's not a big deal to bother somebody like say, oh, I got to push the number six to talk to Matt. That's fine. Yeah. Right. Yeah. What have you been binge watching lately or a movie recommendation? So I actually consume zero television. Um, I don't, mostly because I just do tend to find it kind of formulaic. Um, The last thing that I did watch to date myself like really intensely was Game of Thrones. Right. uh, I do love that kind of old, you know, fantasy and magic type thing. And uh, it was, it was an incredible, it was an incredible show. So I do now, I guess, sorry, football. We're getting back to that. (laughs) I love football that happens, especially right now. So right on. Favorite band or music? Mm, so big fan of Metallica. Saw them in concert a few years back when they were filming a music video. But I'd have to say the uh, the top one for me would be the Smashing Pumpkins. I remember Interesting. seeing them in concert when I was in high school and the uh, the Melancholy, uh, Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness tour. And it was incredible. So I do go back and uh, listen to them semi-regularly. I'm surprised that uh, they're not as... Put in context, I have an 12-year-old daughter who is now bugging me to buy her like all this Nirvana stuff. And it's exp- it's like a hundred bucks for a sweatshirt. Like it's ridiculous. But nobody's, well, she's not bugging me for Smashing Pumpkins. Like it doesn't seem like it's... Uh, it's resurfaced. Uh, yeah, Nirvana re- is resurfaced in this kind of crazy way right now where Smashing Pumpkins is almost totally forgotten. In You still hear the music, but not in a... Like the the youth. Yeah, well, amongst the youth. <laughs> I yeah. think... For better or for worse, they're still alive, which is not really helping them out. Right. And then Billy Corgan definitely went on a couple of musical kind of exploration journeys. And so like he kind of diluted his his brand a little bit. Not, yeah. Like I, st- I quite like what he's done in a lot of different places. But, you know, when you're not as consistent over time, I think it's tough for you to kind of get back into right. kind of the limelight. So. Right, right. Last but not least, something that you have purchased for under $1,500 that has had a positive impact on your life. Multiple monitors. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Preaching to the choir. Absolutely. (laughs) That. And then uh, I put a wall mount as well because where I do find time to kind of chill out, it's video games for me. And so I can put up a video game on a TV that's just above everything as opposed to kind of having to take over the living room and get in trouble with my kids and my wife. So where I get a few minutes here and there, the wall mount. Wow. What games? Or do you have a game? Uh, Yeah. Again, we're going back a little bit. I do love Halo, so I don't really... You know, you don't have a lot of time to get into these things when you've got kids and all that. So you can hop online, you play a couple of rounds. So Halo's there, uh, a lot of the FPS games. And then um, I did uh, dabble in Starfield for a little bit. It's a good sandbox game. We've got a lot of clients in that uh, in that space. And uh, right now is the big push. I guess games are being released in the next couple months. So it's everybody's super busy right now. From the sounds uh, of things. Yeah, I'm excited to see what comes out. Christmas, been, uh, actually. I yeah, it is. It's kind of <laughs> the last push. How can people find out more about what you're up to, Andrew? And of course, uh, The Real View. Um, the website, therealview.ca. Got a, some high-level information right on that. But uh, more importantly, right at the top, there's a button that says uh, book a demo. You, put, uh, you click that button, opens up. You just put in your name, your phone number. I'll call you back quite quite shortly. And then uh, happy to answer any questions you have. Or if you've got a team of people who want to kind of get on board, I'm 
I'm happy to set up a Zoom or a Teams meeting or whatever and walk you through every step of how it goes. And um, yeah, my contact information is there. So call me anytime. Right on. Well, thanks very much for coming down, Andrew. That was a, a very interesting conversation. And thanks very much for your insightful questions. I'm sure we'll uh, add some features to the product over time as we uh, kind of unpack it ourselves. So there you have it, folks, our discussion with Andrew Armstrong from therealview.ca. I, I love talking about AI these days because it's it's kind of like, it feels like watching like Black Mirror or something. Is it Black Mirror, that show on Netflix? The one that's like, neither of you guys know this? Yeah, we're too busy. Yeah. yeah oh, no. God. Okay, well, anyways, it's, it. I feel like when you talk about AI, it's like there's moments where I'm like, oh, this is super exciting. And then there's moments where I'm like, this is terrifying. Terrifying. But <laughs> in this case, I feel like taking care of the low-hanging fruit in the real estate industry is, is really exciting. And we were saying before we went live, like you and I have been messing around with ChatGPT4 for a number of months here. And it yeah. does seem to be getting better literally every week. You're like, wow, this is better and better. So exciting things coming in the, uh, in the AI space. I was at a conference recently in Palm Desert and they had the head of uh, SAP there and it was all about AI. And he said, AI won't take your job, but people that understand AI will. Wow. So that was the takeaway. That's powerful. Right? So it was, it was really good. And they're going through how it, it's probably going to better a lot of industries. And obviously some industries will probably be hurt more than others. But the takeaway was, you know, you don't have to fear it. You have to learn it and adapt to it. Because if you don't, the people that do will take your place. You harness the power. It. Harness yeah. the power. Matt, what else do we got for the day? What else do we have? We have Vancouver Real Estate. Thanks for coming in, Corey. That hey, was, uh, yeah, there's a reason. That was, <laughs> you're always the best dressed in the room. The too. best dressed in the room. Solid Friday. Solid points. Just a, it's a walking weather report for the weekend. Like you said, it's, it's blue, black, and gray. Yeah. So I'm just a walking, <laughs> I'm a meteorologist walking around the streets of Canby Street here. <laughs> anyway, we have VancouverRealEstatePodcast.com. Uh, this is our website where all things real estate related live. Head over to VancouverRealEstatePodcast.com for things like the Vancouver Commercial Real Estate Podcast, all our back catalog. We have the Live Wire. This is our weekly mailer. Different types of stats, stats before anyone else, deal of the month. There's reason, really no reason why you shouldn't be on that uh, Live Wire. And we, of course, have tried and true private client services. Yeah, Matt, because if you're not using PCS, you are standing still while the rest of us power walk by. You get sold prices, days on market. You basically get realtor-level information for free. It's available at your fingertips over at VancouverRealEstatePodcast.com. No reason not to have PCS. You know what? I, I For all these, all these years, I thought that was pre-recorded. No. You do no, that every single I podcast. I do that every single ah, time. That's and, amazing. You learn something new every yeah. day. <laughs> so head over to VancouverRealEstatePodcast.com for your own personal PCS <laughs> account. Just click buy with us. <laughs> We're really systems oriented over here. <laughs> that could have been a button on the yeah. uh, on the road broadcast. You were just always so consistent with it. You hit the mark every time. I assumed it was just recorded over. Honestly, I'm typing emails. While wow. I'm throwing yeah. a baseball. Yeah, I was going to say, he's like Jordan with a couple seconds You're left. You're so just much better the ball. of a man than I will ever be. <laughs> If you want to talk about that or anything else, give me a shout at 778-847-2854 or Matt at VancouverRealEstatePodcast.com. Or you can try me at 778-866-4574 or Adam at VancouverRealEstatePodcast.com. And of course, we got that Kokomo line info at VancouverRealEstatePodcast.com. Well, have a great week and uh, hopefully nobody catches what Corey just brought in the <laughs> office. Yeah. <laughs> have a great week, guys. Two thousand faces for radio. Subscribe today. <laughs> <laughs>